Forget the names of other gods. Don't let them even be on your lips. So there's two parts to this verse, as you can see. The first part is what I call to guard the laws. Guard the laws that God has given to you. Be on your guard. Be on your guard concerning everything I have said to you is what the Lord is saying here. Pay close attention. You know, Moses is reminding us, God is saying to you here, we are to be faithful to his commands. That's how we show that we love the Lord our God, to be faithful to his commands. But now there's a second part here. Do not mention the name of other gods. They must not be heard on your lips. Now back in Exodus chapter 20, as soon as the Ten Commandments were over, as soon as God had made his words of warning, after giving the Ten Commandments, we find a verse. And it says, it says this, it says, do not have any other gods before me. The Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you've seen for yourselves that I've spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to come along beside me. Do not make for yourself gods of silver or gold. So he's going right back to the first commandment. And where do we end up here when he says you must not invoke the name of other gods? Well, it's really a repeat, a reminder of that very first commandment. Forget the other gods. Forget the false gods. Forget the gods of the Egyptians. Forget the gods of your forefather, Abraham's father. Forget Abraham. Forget the gods of your own father because he was an idolater coming out of Ur of the Chaldees. Forget the gods of the Canaanites and only remember me, the Lord God of Israel. This is God's concern for his people's obedience and loyalty. Loyalty to the one true God is shown in obeying his law and refusing to bow the knee to a false God. You know, I, I love the stories of believers who have stood for God and refused to kneel to a false God. The Old Testament ones that I, I, I growing up, I always as a child, I loved the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they were, they were in a strange culture faced with this test, just to sum it up real quickly. The king said, either disobey your God and worship the false gods or die. Those were their options. And what did they choose to do? They chose to obey God they refused to name, to remember, to worship false gods. And in that case, God spared them. But you know what? They were ready to die. I think of the Old Testament uh, story of Daniel. Daniel was in a similar circumstance. He was told, either don't pray to your God, do pray to the king, or you will be thrown to the lions. And Daniel chooses to obey God. He prays to God, not to the king, 
He chooses to disobey the king's law. He does get thrown to the lions and God spares him. Now that's not always the case, but what happens? Sometimes the people don't get spared, but they are still loyal to God and refuse to bow the knee to a false God. You know, God is not interested in partial obedience. He's not given us the freedom to treat his laws like a buffet, to be able to pick and choose which ones we want to keep and which ones we want to obey, disobey. He's the only God, the sole and supreme deity who rules over heaven and earth. And he wants our total obedience. There is one God. We have one life to give him, and he wants it all to be used for his glory. Now, verse 13 that we're looking at here also forms an important link between the laws of the Sabbath that we've just looked at and what we're moving into, the laws about the festivals or the feasts. This says that God wants our exclusive worship. This was necessary on the Sabbaths and during these annual feasts. You see, the Israelites were to fix it in their hearts and minds that God alone was to be worshiped. This was the purpose of these Sabbaths, to demonstrate and to develop their theology, their love for God. When God gave these laws, he did not intend for his people to turn away from all their responsibilities. They were responsible to use these days to strengthen their relationship with the Lord. And that's, that's what we're to examine as we look through the next section here at these pilgrim feasts, so to speak. You know, uh, last year, Henry had to read the Canterbury Tales by Chaucer. And I don't know how familiar you are, familiar you are if you've ever read that, but it, the poem tells uh, a story of a group of travelers from all walks of life, sundry folk, as Chaucer called them. They've gathered, you know, south of London, and they set off riding to Canterbury Cathedral. They're on a pilgrimage, a journey that marks progress toward a spiritual goal. You know, people have longed to go on pilgrimages. Augustine said that our hearts are restless until we find our rest in God. And as long as we remain restless, we keep traveling here and there searching for God. Now, the Bible talks about a pilgrimage right here. This is what we're looking at. God said to uh, his people. I'm going to skip on to the next section here. There we go. Uh, God says to his people, um, celebrate a festival in my honor three times a year. So there were three 
national festivals, three pilgrim festivals that they were to celebrate. And the first one was in the springtime. Observe the festival of unleavened bread. As I commanded you, you are to eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, because you came out of Egypt in that month. Now there's more detailed instructions for observing this festival that are elsewhere in scripture. And I'm not gonna take the time to dive into that right at this moment. But I wanna point out that this feast, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, was always connected with the Feast of Passover. Now Passover is when every household in Israel offered a sacrificial lamb. This was to commemorate the night back in Egypt when they had sacrificed the lamb and put blood on the doorpost so the angel of death would pass over them. And Passover immediately followed the unleavened bread. The unleavened bread was the bread that people ate without yeast. And for seven days, they celebrated by eating unleavened bread. This feast was a commemoration of Israel's salvation. It looked back to the exodus from Egypt when God brought his people out of bondage. You see, for centuries, they had served as slaves in Egypt, but God delivered them. If you remember the story, he had sent 10 plagues against the Egyptians, culminating in the death of the firstborn. On the night that, that the Pharaoh finally let God's people go, the Israelites had to leave in such a hurry that they didn't even have time to let the bread cook, let the bread rise. It was unleavened. So to remind them of this, God gave his people a festival of remembrance. Every year when they ate the unleavened bread, this festival would call to mind their exodus from Egypt. This festival, the festival of unleavened bread, was a time to remember God's mighty saving work in history. We can kind of look at it as being similar to Good Friday or Resurrection Sunday. You know, Christians are not biblically required to observe these days, but when we do, we look back to the crucifixion and to the resurrection of Jesus, and we remember God's mighty saving work in history. And in that way, the feast, the festival of unleavened bread, is a commemoration of salvation. The next feast is the Feast of Harvest. It's the second feast, and it comes about a month or two later in early summer. And this was tied to the agricultural cycle. Also observe the Festival of Harvest with the first fruits of your produce from what you sow in the field. Now, this was also known as the Feast or Festival of First Fruits. And by the way, the, if you see the word first fruits here, that simply means the very first crop, the first harvest. So when the grain was ready to be harvested, the Israelites would take that first 
harvest, that first sheaf of wheat, and wave it before the Lord as a way of acknowledging that the whole harvest has come from the Lord. And this was done on the, on the day after a Sabbath, but it was only the beginning because the Israelites would count off seven full weeks, which explains why the, uh, it had another name as well, the Festival of Weeks. And then on the 50th day, the people would bring an offering to God. Now, the main thing again that the Israelites offered was bread, not unleavened bread this time, but bread that was leavened, representing the fullness of the harvest. They also made sacrifices as the law required. And I will go take the time to go through just a little bit of this so you can see the, the in-depthness of it. Here's, here was the festival of the harvest. You shall bring from your dwelling places, just wherever you live, two loaves of bread to be waved, made of two-tenths of an epoch. They, they shall be of fine flour, and they shall be baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. And you shall present with the bread seven lambs a year old without blemish, one bull from the herd and two rams. They shall be a burnt offering to the Lord with the grain offering and their drink offerings, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And you shall offer one male goat for a sin offering and two male lambs a year old as a sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And you shall make a proclamation on the same day. You shall hold a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. It is a statute forever in all your dwelling places throughout your generation. So the festival of harvest was a time of joyful celebration. You can see the Israelites offered rich sacrifices unto the Lord. They rested from their work. They gathered for public worship, praising God as their provider and thanking him for their daily bread. And there's one other festival. This is the third festival, the festival of ingathering. This was also connected with the harvest, except this time, this festival came in autumn time seven months after the Passover, when all the crops were safely, safely gathered in. And God said, observe the festival of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather your produce from the field. Kind of like the American Thanksgiving, this was a feast of harvest home. It took place after the final harvest, when every stalk of grain from the field had been thrashed. Every olive in the orchard had been pressed and every grape from the vineyard had been squeezed. This festival of ingathering lasted a full week. And at this time, what they did, the Israelites uh, basically camped out. They lived in, uh, the term would be, they lived in booths made of leaves and branches. This is why this festival is also called 
the feast or festival of booths. This is where God had told Moses, uh, celebrate a feast for seven days in the year. Celebrate it in the seventh month, live in booths for seven days. And like the Feast of Unleavened Bread, this Feast of Ingathering looked back to God's saving work in history. The people camped out to remind them, again, of the story of God's salvation. After they escaped from Egypt, the Israelites went out into the wilderness where they lived in tents. And so here, by living in, in tents, just temporarily now for a week-long festival, they would reenact a part of the exodus from Egypt every year. By doing this year after year, each new generation would enter into the exodus experience. They would become pilgrims all over again and would strengthen their assurance of salvation so that future generations would not forget the significance of the Exodus. The God who saved his people through the wilderness would continue to guide them on their way. And this feast, this festival of ingathering was a, was a time of great celebration. I mean, think about it. For months, the people had worked hard to maintain their crop in the fields. Then they worked together the crops and bring them in from the fields. And once that work was done, it was time to rest. It was also time to celebrate because God says, be joyful at your festival. You and your son and your daughter, your male servants, your female servants, the Levites, the sojourners in the land, the fatherless, the widows who are in your town. Rejoice, be joyful for seven days. Keep this festival because the Lord your God will bless you will bless you in all your produce and all the works of your hands so that your joy may be complete. And as a tangible expression of the joy, this was the time when the people would typically bring their tithes and offerings. Yeah, I, I already show this, but as God said, no one is to appear before me empty handed. Well, the festival of ingathering was the best time of the year for tithing because it occurred when God had given his people the most, and thus they had the most to give back to him. So the Israelites have these three festivals, the unleavened bread, the harvest, the ingathering, and each festival testified to the grace of God. The unleavened bread reminded God's people of the night. They'd left Egypt, speaking of their salvation. The harvest and in gathering both celebrated the bounty of God's provision. The God who saves is also the God who provides. You see how these are linked together? You have a celebration about the God who saves. You have festivals and celebrations celebrating the God who provides. There seems to be, you see the progression there. The worship year began with the unleavened bread and ended with lavish feasting. I think this says something about God and his grace. Salvation is always bigger and better as God piles on one blessing on top of another. But these three festivals were only the beginning. God was just 
starting to show his people what salvation is all about. He was giving them experiences that would teach them to look for him in faith for a full and final salvation. The salvation that he ultimately provided in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things about these festivals is that each one of them contained seeds of the gospel story. The festival of unleavened bread, which is linked to the Passover. Now, in the, in the Bible, yeast represents, uh, it can represent growth and maturation, but often it's connected with the growth of evil or the spread of sin. So it was symbolic meaning during the festival of unleavened bread that whenever the Israelites would celebrate this feast, they would sweep all the yeast out of their homes. They would get rid of any yeast at all in their homes during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this was to symbolize holiness. God's people were making a, literally, a clean sweep, getting rid of the old life of sin. And think of how we do that when we come to Jesus Christ. Once we trust him for our salvation, we have to leave behind the old life of sin. The scripture says this. It says, clean out or get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch, a new batch without any yeast. You are indeed unleavened. For Christ, our Passover has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old yeast, or with the yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You see how this passage is reflecting back on the feast of unleavened bread and how it helps us to understand the gospel? Jesus is our Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. And now we need to make a clean sweep, getting rid of even though they talk about it, yeast in this passage, what he's really referring to is getting rid of the sin in our lives, the wicked ways, a call to live in true holiness. And so the festival of unleavened bread gives us a picture of what it means to be sanctified in Christ. And the festival of the harvest, well, it has to it has to do, or it teaches us, about the resurrection. The New Testament describes Jesus as the first fruit of all those who have fallen asleep. And this is a clear reference to the feast, to the festival of the harvest. You see, that first sheath of grain that was pulled from the harvest. It was a promise of more to come. And the same is true of the resurrection. Jesus was the first to be raised, but only the first. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. 
out of 1 Corinthians. So the Old Testament festival of first fruits helps us to understand the gospel by giving us a picture of both the first and final resurrection. And the festival of harvest, it's also linked to Pentecost. Remember I said that the festival of harvest lasts 50 days? Well, the Greek word for 50 is Pentecost. Now, you may remember the story of Pentecost out of uh, the second chapter of Acts. Fifty days after Passover, Jerusalem was crammed with people. Jews from all over the world had made their pilgrimage for the festival of harvest. Only that year, something special happened. At the time of the Passover, Christ was crucified, the Lamb of God, who takes away all the sins of the world. God had fulfilled the promise Jesus had made when he, Jesus had made, and he poured out his spirit on the church. With a great rush of wind and fire, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In that moment, people from all over the world heard the good news about Jesus Christ in their own language. They repented of sin. They trusted him for salvation. So it's amazing to me. You know, the, the Old Testament, this festival of harvest was a way to people, was a way for people to give thanks to God for meeting their needs. But now we see that this Old Testament harvest was preparing the way for God's harvest of souls. You know, Jesus often described his work in terms of a harvest. He describes the world as a field, his people as wheat, and his enemies as weeds. And he also talks about the final judgment as the great harvest, when the wheat will be harvested and the weeds will be burned forever. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life, so the sower and reaper can rejoice forever. What God sowed in Jesus Christ, he started to reap from the nations. To me, it's just it's wonderful and beautiful that by the power of his Holy Spirit, he gathers people from every tribe and every tongue. I want to tell you one, one thing more, we've, we've, uh, and this one is about the festival of ingathering. It was a grand celebration, and that by the time of Jesus, it was just known simply as the feast. Well, this festival of ingathering reached its peak, its climax, on the eighth and final day. And on that day, as part of the closing ceremonies, there was a grand procession where water would be drawn out of the Pool of Siloam, taken and poured out at the temple. This drink offering was very symbolic, and it was a context for a well-known 
incident that we read about in the Gospels on this last and most important day of the festival of ingathering, when they've taken the water from the pool of Siloam and poured it out at the temple, Jesus stood up and cried out. If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. You see, on this day, when they were pouring out the water at the temple, Jesus was identifying himself as the water of life, as the very fulfillment of that festival. Let me tell you something else about this festival, this festival of, of ingathering. It anticipated the gospel in all of its sacrifices. Each of these festivals called for animal sacrifices, but this last one, the ingathering, had by far the most. Each day, young bulls, rams, uh, lambs were offered. Uh, the, the sacrifice of, of young bulls was, a, was an offering that varied in the number day to day. Like on the, on the first day of this festival, 13 young bulls were offered. On the second, 12, on the third, 11, all the way down, uh, and so on. But over this, over this week-long festival, the total number of animal sacrifices over these eight days was 192. Think about the number of animals sacrificed, the amount of blood that poured out from that altar of sacrifice. By making all these sacrifices, the Israelites were learning something important about the sinfulness of their sin. They were also learning about a savior who would deal with their sin by his own perfect sacrifice. They were learning to look for Jesus, who now appeared once for all at the end of ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see how these Old Testament festivals were rich in their teaching about salvation. They help us to see, as I said earlier, that Jesus is the source of our sanctification, the first fruits of our resurrection, the Lord of the harvest, the water of life, and the sacrifice for our sin. Now, we don't celebrate these festivals of Exodus anymore, but there's still a place for celebrating, for celebrating the salvation in Jesus Christ. And even though we don't look to keep these festivals, they do teach us important things about our salvation. They teach us how to respond to our salvation by giving ourselves to God. You know, the Israelites were required to present themselves to God three times a year. Now, in view of the mercy that God has shown us in Christ, we're called to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We can give him, we can give ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, a life 
offered up for his service. You know, uh, at the end of these verses, at the end of the festival, God gave uh, instructions about how these festivals were to be observed. He said that three times a year, all the men are to appear before the Lord God. You must not offer the blood of a sacrifice with anything leavened. The fat of my festival offering must not remain until morning. Bring the best of the first fruits of your land to the house of, the, of your God, the house of the Lord your God. And you must not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Now I'm going to tackle this last regulation first because it may be the most difficult for some to understand. But simply put, what was forbidden here is cooking a young goat in its own mother's milk. And the principle is, is kind of a pro-life principle. The source of life should never become the cause of death. A young goat is supposed to be nourished by its mother's milk, not boiled in it. But there really is another significant reason that this practice was forbidden. Because boiling a young goat in its mother's milk was a ritual part of Canaanite worship. So this command was a safeguard against idolatry. When the Israelites celebrated their harvest festivals, they were not allowed to adopt pagan practices. Instead, they were to offer themselves to God alone. You know, the law says three times a year, all men are to appear before the Lord their God. Now, the, the Bible says men because men were the spiritual heads of their household. But elsewhere in the Bible, it makes it clear that women and children were included as a part of this. So everyone in Israel was required to appear before God as a solemn assembly a roll call of the faithful, if you, if you please, a roll call of the people who belonged to God. So all of Israel were to present themselves to the one and only Savior. They, they were to worship. Their worship and obedience belonged to him alone, not to anyone else. And this is the same for a believer in Jesus Christ. We're called to offer ourselves to God and to God alone. And, you know, if, if we claim to follow Christ, we need to keep giving ourselves over to God, not just three times a year, but all the time. Offering ourselves as living sacrifices is not just a one-time thing. This is the reason that we gather like we do today. This is one reason that it's necessary for us to join together in weekly worship. Every time we gather as God's people, we are presenting ourselves to our sovereign Lord, and we're offering ourselves for his service all over again. We're also called to offer ourselves to God righteously. That is, we're, we're called to be holy in all of our ways. This next verse where it said, you must not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me 
with anything leavened, with anything containing yeast. Well, the mention of a sacrifice here, the blood of my sacrifices, this reminds us, it's to remind us that we can only come to God on the basis of a blood offering. And that is what we do every time we worship in the name of Christ. By his death on the cross, Jesus has made the atoning sacrifice for our sins. But, but what about the yeast here? With anything, do not come with anything leavened. Well, remember the Israelites were forbidden to offer a sacrifice uh, to offer a sacrifice with anything that included yeast. And the Bible's using it as a symbol of spiritual corruption. To keep yeast away from the sacrifice was to make sure that the sacrifice was without sin. It was not right for the people to present themselves to God, no matter how regular they, they, it happened, and then return to their old patterns of sin. They were called to put away all unrighteousness. And this was symbolized by the unleavened offering. And you can see how this applies to us. Whatever we offer to God must be undefiled by sin. Whatever ministry we, we, we perform in the name of Christ must be purged of every proud ambition, every fleshly lust, every greedy desire. God wants us to live holy lives. We're to offer him our best and purest service. If we are living in unconfessed and unrestrained sin, then our witness is compromised and our ministry loses its spiritual power. And then we're called to offer ourselves to God wholeheartedly. As God says in his law here, the fat of my festival offering must not remain until morning. Now, this regulation was not about keeping the kitchen clean. It had an important spiritual purpose. Today, the fat is usually considered unhealthy. But in the ancient world, it was the choicest, the juiciest part of the animal. And the temptation would be to leave some of the fat on the altar and then come back and get it the next morning. And what the temptation for us here is to offer ourselves to God, but at the same time to hold some back. We're willing to serve God, but we want to keep something back for ourselves. So sure, we worship on Sundays, but we hold a little bit back because the rest of the week is for us. Or we praise God in our worship, but we don't talk about him to our friends. We try to please him in our, in our ministry, but not in our use of entertainment. We're willing to help the needy, but not willing to give up the comforts of home. And God says, don't leave any fat on the altar. I want everything you have to offer all the time. God also wants the best 
we have to offer. This too is a part of what it means to serve him wholeheartedly. You know, God said to the Israelites here in verse 19, bring the best of the first fruits of your land to the house of the Lord your God. In other words, God wants our very best. He wants the best of our time, the best of our talents, the best of our work, the best of our worship, and the best of our minds and our hearts. He wants us to be living sacrifices, continually offering ourselves to him for righteous, wholehearted worship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for your word. Father, even though some passages that we've looked at today may seem strange to us, every bit of it teaches and instructs us. Thank you that it reveals to us how you are a God of compassion and mercy. Father, help us to live out lives of compassion and mercy. Thank you for making provision for us to rest, both physically on the Lord's day and spiritually resting in Christ. Father, help us to hear that invitation to find rest from our weariness. Father, may we guard your word and guard our lips. May we be undefiled in our worship. Work in our hearts so that we will desire to offer you our best, to hold nothing back, and to serve you wholeheartedly. Bring conviction to our hearts if we've gone astray in these areas. And Father, we look forward to the spiritual harvest of people from every tribe and language and people and nation to become a part of your kingdom. Grant us the joy of being part of this harvest. We give you thanks and we ask that you would just bless this time now. Amen. Well, I will kind of open it up to uh, any thoughts or comments. Roger, it's always good to go back and see how God's been revealing his story. Um, and it, it kind of unfolds like a, 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 a drama, a, a, a watching this thing unfold in, in real history and real people 
and real situation, God revealing and reiterating uh, his truth that um, he, he loves his people. He has compassion on the poor. He wants us to take care of one another. He, he commands our obedience and he commands our worship and he requires these things and yet he provides everything that he requires through Jesus. Um, those are those are some verse thoughts. I just want to give him praise. How about somebody else? Any any other comments? <clears throat> I've studied um, a lot of those feasts before. And, and Roger, I don't know if you agree with me, but they say, well, a lot of these feasts were fulfilled. They all point to Jesus in one way or the other. Some have already happened in, in Jesus, uh, the reality of Jesus' revelation to us. But some don't receive their full fulfillment until Jesus' return, you know, and the fulfillment of the ages. And so these feasts were not only remembrances for the Israelites but they were also pointers for the church to see how God is unfolding all of history you know <clears throat> we saw that yesterday with Tim and Lisa at their wedding uh, right. God was unfolding event after event and situation after situation <clears throat> bringing these <clears throat> excuse me bringing these two lives together and um, there were people there who, who don't know the, the Lord and I was encouraging them to realize that what you just heard about God working in Tim and Lisa's life, he, he may well be working in your life exactly the same way. You don't know it yet. But the mere fact that you're here today and under, in hearing these testimonies, God's working in your life. Um, and Sunlock, we know that God is working in your life <laughs> and your family. Uh, you've been in the United States now for a couple of years uh, yeah. from Korea and um, we've just enjoyed knowing you and getting to know you better and, and your wife and, and children we really appreciate your your faithfulness and your consistency to gather with us back when we could gather in person and even now as we gather on the computer but you have really uh, shown a lot of interest. I know that Greg probably has some things he'd like to share, and I know you would like to share, and there's one thing I want to share with the whole group. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Sunlock? Yeah. Uh, uh, just wait a moment to, to gather my family. In okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just a moment. All right. For those of you that might not be aware, Sunlock um, <clears throat> is visiting from Korea sort of a sabbatical from his work there and, and others of you know more details about it, but he's been here about two years and and we met him. I guess, Mike, did, did you meet yeah, with Sunlock originally? He was at our table at the Christmas banquet. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and we first met his wife, Ji Young, at, through ESL and she came to um, lunch parties mm. and then Sunlock did and they came to the Christmas banquet and brought their whole family and they were at the table of Mike and Galena and Mike and Galena invited them to Gateway. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, this will be the last time to see you in the uh, worship in United States. So I'd like to say goodbye to you all and uh, uh, for appreciation for you. So this is the goodbye letter <laughs> to you. <laughs> and <laughs> it'll take some minutes, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come here. Uh, yeah. As you said that uh, Christmas banquet was a beginning to have a rela relationship with you and church. Uh, so firstly, I'd like to appreciate to Mike and Kalina to let us uh, lead to church at the banquet. And Greg, <laughs> to tell me a lot about the Bible kindly. And also for you and church to embrace us warmly. Uh, to be honest, I didn't have any good impression for church. <laughs> Maybe because in Korea, people who go to church are so noisy with microphone in public place mm -hmm. like station or park. And also express their thought to ex extremely like belief is heaven or hell. <laughs> uh, but I came to go to church in the United States, although uh, I didn't even go to church in Korea. Uh, nonetheless, I couldn't understand what you talk about in the church here at first. Uh, maybe you might think why the guys come to church nearly every Sunday, even though they seem not to understand worship. Uh, I don't know well either. <laughs> but I think that I seem to feel any comfort ambience like family in this church and not to like break the relationship with you. Mm. Mm. As you know, uh, I don't know you you remember, last year I had two big hardships. Uh, one was anxiety to be adapted to unfamiliar circumstances of the United States, especially for language. I was uh, frustrated and couldn't even sleep for a while. And the other was death of my close friend about in June last year. I didn't know what to do, and there was nothing that I could do for him in this faraway country. That made me so uh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, but I could uh, have big comfort from you and church at that time. Uh, I'd like to appreciate you all here today in this time. Again, yeah. Uh, as I'm thinking now, uh, there were a lot of memories to miss, such as when I went to Preston's house for first worship and uh, last summer trip to Mountain, uh, even had some awkward feeling to speak with you and so on. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it was fortunate for me to be friends with good people like you and have a lot of good memories in you know unfamiliar country, even though I cannot express my hurt to you wholly. Uh, it's very regrettable not to meet with you in this unexpected hard time. Right. I will always pray for you and church to stay healthy and safe and also be prosperous in the future. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, hope to meet you again someday in the future. And you are always welcome to connect to me when you visit Korea or 
uh, when you have anything to know related to Korea. I'm going to use same email continuously in Korea also and to leave my specific contact point to Greg and Mike. Uh, thank you again. I'm, I'm likely already to miss you, miss you all thing here. May God bless you. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you, Sun Lak. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's our turn. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> who, who would like to go to first? Yeah, you don't need to respond to me. <laughs> who, who would like to be first? <laughs> Greg, I, I know you're going to volunteer you in here in a minute, but... Uh, well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Okay, um, Mike, go ahead. I, I just want to say, Sunglock, thank you for taking a chance because when we talked at the beginning, <clears throat> you, you said that the experiences you had with churches in Korea were not good, um, but yet you chose to give a chance here. Um, so thank you for taking a chance. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. And Sun Luck, I just want to thank you, thank you and your family for being such a, a, a blessing by, you know, just by joining our fellowship. It's been great to have the lunches together and get to sit and talk some and to, uh, yeah. to get to know you all better and, and, uh, and, and the, uh, the kids. And I know Henry's had fun playing with, with uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but I just want to thank you all for yeah. Uh, for coming and joining us as well it's it's been great to get to know you and yeah you're gonna be missed yeah maybe yeah i will miss you and uh, the lunch was very impressive for me yeah <laughs> i think that is one of the reasons to go to the church <laughs> yeah thank you all you will definitely be missed all of you um You've very much become a part of us, and so it's hard when a part of us has to go back to their country, and yet we bless you in going back. Yeah. I remember um, some meetings that we had at Susan's uh, before she was married, and you were oh, yeah. struggling with anxiety at that time, and oh, yeah. I remember how much we cared and wanted it to be better for you and prayed for you, yeah. um, and I think that you felt that connection and that care. And I'm so glad that you continue to be a part of us. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Greg, if you're talking, you're on mute. <clears throat> uh, Sunglock, I always appreciated your humility to ask questions uh, about the Bible and questions about the things that you saw in our gatherings that you didn't understand, like communion. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I remember the day that you came up and you asked me about that. And that is a very, shows you a very teach, you have very, you're very teachable, you want to learn. And um, I'm so glad that your family has been part of us and, and um, we will miss you. But we do bless you and your family. And, and the nice thing about, uh, about a relationship with God, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is that he is right there in Korea, just as he is in the United States and in China and around yeah. the world. So I pray that you will find places in Korea to really experience the presence of God. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate you, Camille. 
and your kind, uh, yeah, your kindness to respond to me about my my question, and I think that's a pure uh, wondering about the Bible and then the Absolutely. in the United States. So yeah, very thank you for answering for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. We know that the church is very different in Korea from here. A lot more severe in some things. <laughs> Yet perhaps God has other gatherings like us that, that he will lead you to other believers there that you will find the love and presence and compassion of Jesus there too. Yeah, mm. I see. I see. Thank you. The biggest reason that Sung Lok doesn't want to go back to Korea right now is because he has, for the last two years, become accustomed to loafing and, and not working. And now if he goes back to Korea, he's going to have to work every day and won't see his family that often. And he's sad because he wants to loaf a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe it, it's not so hard for me to work in Korea. Yeah. It's been such a, a, a great blessing for me to be able to, to get together with Sunlock and just um, talk and um, see what's happening in his life and being able to, to read through scripture and discuss it and to be uh, just excited to see how diligent he's been to read things. And even if there was a time when I was away for the, the day that we met or he was away, he would continue to read and ask questions. He never skipped a beat. And that's very unusual to see in people, to really be, uh, not to be a believer, but to, to want to know more and to understand what he's reading. Uh, it, it was, it's, it's been quite a, um, uh, a joy to my heart to see how, how, how much he has been faithful to um, ask questions and read the scripture because we know that the word of God is what wakens hearts and the word of God is what causes a hard heart to become a heart of flesh. And um, we know that um, God in his timing will accomplish his purposes. And so Sunglock, we are gonna to continue to pray for you that God will touch your heart and draw you ever closer to him. And um, we love you. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I'm pleased to meet you in the United States and especially uh, for the worship or for Bible. Uh, maybe I remember that uh, I asked you all things about me, <laughs> very individual things. Uh, I, yeah, I remember that I asked uh, I asked you about my very individual things. Maybe I think you are a little embarrassed or <laughs> about that. Uh, but uh, thank you about the kind uh, kindly to respond to me about that, and especially for the Bible. And then uh, yeah. You said to me, but uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, it was a little, uh, yeah, see. it was a certain little burden for me to, <laughs> to read the Bible regularly, <laughs> to meet, <laughs> yeah, ask for about that. But yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, yeah, 
uh, as I think, think now, it was a pleasure for me and to meet you, uh, very nice, nice and uh, good uh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're my friend. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to also remind you how much your children have grown since they've been here as well. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very early time. Yeah. Of, uh, going yeah. to lunch with Mike and your family at NOFO that first Sunday. Yeah, and I remember. It's a blessing <laughs> to watch uh, from a distance. Mm -hmm. How the Lord is really, unbeknownst to you, uh, making things take root in your heart and in your head. And that will bear fruit, just like Greg said, one day. Uh, we're going to be talking with you and you're going to be sharing testimony about his faithfulness to you and to your family. And so I just look forward to that and have just been a wonderful thing to watch. And I just agree with everyone. You have been so steadfast and faithful. And I, I just know the Lord's going to reward that. We will miss yeah. seeing you and hopefully you will zoom in from Korea with us. <laughs> We we yeah. know it's very late in Korea when when we're when the, we have our Zoom meeting. What is it? Oh, okay. uh, Fourteen <laughs> hours ahead. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe you'd like to stay up late and you can join us from time to time. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> but the the Wednesday prayer is early in the morning yeah, there, the so the you Wednesday can... prayer would be early in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe It'd be early Thursday morning for you. Yeah, yes, in the morning, about 8, 8 a.m. in Korea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Sunlock, I would like to speak about Ji Young and your children. Oh, Ji Young okay. was very brave in going to ESL classes. She <laughs> yeah. was starting to learn English, and that's a very difficult thing for a mother, a wife, um, a mother that has two children, to take on the responsibility of the family, but also of learning English. She was very brave. And she was at the, the, the point at which we were able to meet you and your family. Mm -hmm. And that came because of her bravery. And it probably also came because you encouraged her to learn English. That was a very good thing. And then you encouraged her and your children to come to church because they also had not had a lot of experience or maybe any experience with coming to a church. And um, your children are very smart and they're very curious and they want questions answered. And so you will have many opportunities to continue answering their questions. And uh, so thank you for sharing them with us as well as, as you uh, being part and sharing um, yourself with us. And um, I think about many times in Sunday school when they were learning English too, and yet they would kind of translate for each other and um, many different things that we did together. Mm -hmm. I, I really hope that you will continue uh, helping them understand who Jesus is and how important he is uh, to them and, um, and, and to your wife. Um, I also would like to say that one of my favorite memories of you 
was when you brought your family to King's Jewels. And Rebecca was teaching a, a song. And Sunlock and the whole family was doing this song called Stop, Look, and Listen. And I loved the fact that you were right in there with Stop, Look, and Listen. Um, and so that would be my uh, challenge to you that you would literally continue to stop and to look into the Bible, uh, to and and to listen to pray, um, but but that that was that was a, a great memory um, that we had of you participating, and I think all of you now have King's Jewels shirts. I saw Ji Young with her King's Jewel shirt on, so that you will always be able to have that remembrance okay. um, of that time and this time. Okay. We really do love you and your family. Oh. Thank you. Uh, actually, it was very surprising. Ji Young uh, continued to learn English at the ESL. <laughs> it was surprising. Then I think the yeah uh, going to church might be the very good opportunity for our uh, for children uh, to experience the uh, living in the United States and then the. Uh, what's going on in the uh, the church and the, to uh, have any relationship with uh, other uh, children, other friend, friends. Yeah, that was, that was a nice experience, I think. Yeah, thank you. And I'm also so glad that you all got to go to the mountain trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this year, it wouldn't, it wasn't possible to take that many people to yeah, the mountain. I know. I know. So I'm, I'm very glad that was last year that you all were able to go. Yeah. and have that time of relationship and fellowship and enjoy yeah. the beauty of what God has created in yeah. another part of North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it was my pleasure. Uh, yeah, it was very impressive to uh, travel to the mountain in the United States because I didn't see, uh, it's, uh, it's not easy to see the mountain in the near here me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, felt, I felt that, that the scenery was very similar to the Korean mountain. So it was very uh, familiar and it was very good uh, experience to travel to the West Jefferson Park and, and also the, to, have, uh, to have a night with uh, uh, Judy and Peter. <laughs> yeah, that was a good experience, impressive experience. Yeah, uh, thank you uh, again, Mary. Well, son, like you know, you, you've, you've heard many stories and you've studied with, you've studied with Greg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention three things that I've, I've learned about, um, about how faith happens. You know, for, first, you, you understand the facts. You understand what, what took place and you understand about Jesus that he was, a, he was you, you hear the facts that he, he was the son of God, and yet he was man. And then you, the next step of faith is not only understanding the facts, but to agree that, yes, this is true. This is true. But the, the final thing that really causes faith to come alive is to believe and trust. The trust that Jesus is the Savior, like Roger was pointing out here this morning. And, you know, I think you realize the facts that we, all of us believe that Jesus is the Lord and he's the Lord in Korea and he can guide your steps there. 
And we can agree that this is, he has the power to do this. This is true. But the fire, the life comes in when you, you trust him. And, and that's what we want to pray, is that you would trust the Lord. Because he is gentle and he's kind. And although heaven and hell are realities, the path is through Jesus Christ to heaven. And uh, we just want you to know that. We think you do know that. We want you to see that that's true. And, and we ask God to help you believe that it's true. <laughs> so I, I, I've, I've I found a song that I, would, I think the church would agree uh, that we would use it to kick off a prayer time for you. But it's the Lord bless you and keep you. And it, it's circling the world right now with different nations that are singing it. And uh, I found one that they sing in Korean. And I'd like to play it for you. Thank you. Okay, go ahead, Jinjin. Thank you. Let me share this with everyone.
watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. song. <laughs> yeah. 
So look, more than anything else, we want you to know Jesus. We want you to know him. We want you to know his presence in your life and in your family. We want you to know the hope that he provides, the rest that he provides as Rogers encouraged us, that, he, that all of history points to him. And we'll pray that God leads you in that way and, and, and that you find other people who believe in Jesus in Korea that you could meet with and fellowship with. But yeah. the Lord bless you, brother. <laughs> the Lord bless yeah, you. Thank you. And, uh, and also I hope that, and actually in my company, uh, there are some people who believe in Jesus. And uh, I didn't know well about that, about them. But uh, uh, I think uh, uh, I can, I come to have any chance to uh, be with them okay uh, i don't know whether they are uh, <laughs> real christian or not <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> well under understand this just like us they probably aren't perfect oh uh, yeah really. none of us are perfect although jesus is perfect and he's yeah. he's wanting us to make us more like him and you might mm -hmm. find people that they aren't perfect yet but they might love jesus truly Mm, okay, yeah. I see. So, but uh, it's not easy to find uh, uh, people who are very good like you. <laughs> well, in Korea, <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll find, find the grace like of God. He will. He might open your eyes to see uh, what yeah, he okay. has. <laughs> I'm going to send you an email so that you can give me the time and of your flight and everything. Okay. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to send you an email so that you can tell me exact time of your flight and all that sort of thing yeah. okay i see okay and so like what city will be will you be going back to the city uh, uh i don't know whether you uh, know or not it's uh, sejong city sejong city is a new you uh, established a city about uh, eight years ago and especially for the government complex okay uh, so i will be i will be in the and stay in the sejong city in apartment Sejong uh, City. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, does anyone else want to share something with Sunlock? Oh, hi. Uh, Grace want to say something with uh, her friends. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then just a moment. Yeah. I, I will call the Jisoo. <laughs> Jisoo. Jisoo. Hello, Grace. Hello, Monica. Tia, did you want to say something as well? Say it again, Grace. I will miss you. He said that he she's hungry now. Not time to see the children or shy. Yeah. At that time, yeah. The, at that age, it was, uh, I think it was a little usual <laughs> for, uh, to, to meet uh, in, uh, in a very long time than 
they they usually be, became to be a little shy. <laughs> um, uh, we remember the time we spent and uh, the children uh, had a great time. They became a good friends. Oh yeah. We all miss you. Uh, God bless you. God with uh, us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was a very good time to be with you, and uh, I remember that when I visit your uh, you visit your house to have a dinner, and very thank you for that preparation for us uh, that dinner. And then uh, nowadays we uh, maybe as you know we take a walk uh, before your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw you. Yeah, I'm Grace. Open the door. I say hello. Maybe I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go by to you in the uh, tomorrow or yeah, today after tomorrow. Okay. 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 <laughs> All his families living together in one flat. Tia, did you want to share something? Yeah, I want to Korean language to Shanghai. Y'all get, close, get closer to your microphone. Oh, okay. Me and Tia and Preston, we are going to speak some Korean language to Shanghai and your family. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just a moment, just a moment. Okay. 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 I think you have to say it again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did you learn Korean? <laughs> I have a Korean friend and I travel around the world, so I learned some. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Forever, all of us. Uh, thank you. Translate to all of us. I mean, some of them understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Can I say something? Well, Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Hey, Jan, you, you want to share something, Jan? Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say, um, actually, we have similar experience like Sunlock's family. Sean study in the ESL class, and we were invited to the um, Christmas um, dinner. Then we we sit table with um, uh, Jill, and yeah, and then we were invited to this church family, and we really got a lot of help from uh, on this fam family, and then we start to know God. Um, that's really awesome experience. And I very understand what you are feeling. Um, in Korea, maybe the church is quite different from here. And in China, in some other country, maybe very different from here as well. We never been to a church in China before. I don't know what the church look like, but I know people really uh, be cured. Sometimes it's, it's hard to um, get into um, church um, so I, but it's really good thing we have the opportunity have the chance to meet Jesus to meet church family to meet the people here and start to go to know uh, 
uh, God. Um, I can that that's I think it's God bring bring us here. Also, you, yes. every step is is God. Oh. Is yeah, as the song said, the God watching you coming and going. Even you go back to uh, Korea, you still the the member of our family. That's right. Well, well, uh, welcome uh, to Joy, and really, um, we pray for you. Have a safe, safe trip when you're back home, and also, yeah, I think it, the experience um, will that you will help you forever. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, we didn't have too much time um, be with you, your family before, um, and right now we have to meet in in this meeting in the Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's time to say goodbye. But still, um, even farewell is not ending. Yeah, oh, yeah. we. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and thank thank you for sharing your uh, experience to to become to believe to come to believe uh, for Jesus. And then I think you, uh, it's not easy to uh, believe Jesus in the, to be a Christian uh, mm -hmm. in China, but it was surprising and it was, I think it's a little tremendous for you to, uh, to become, become to be a Christian in the United States. Yeah, I think it was a very uh, nice and uh, surprising experience uh, yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you. Well said, Jan. Well said. Sunlock, will all of your family be traveling together on Wednesday? Uh, yes, <laughs> Wednesday well, morning. Well, we will be, we will miss you. We enjoyed having you in our home for worship and for meals together. And it was so wonderful to see your children um, have friends and hear stories about Jesus from Mary. And um, we will play a blessing on you that God will uh, make a way for you to have Christian friends and for your children and your wife to have Christian friends as well. Yeah, thank you for all. And thank you for uh, inviting us, inviting our family warmly in your church again. Yeah, thank you. So, so Greg, maybe we'll get you to, to pray a blessing over um, Sunlock. Lord, you know that um, we're just so grateful that you knit our hearts with so many people. And the very fact that you've uh, knit our hearts to Sunlock and the young and their children is just such a, a, a blessing for us, Lord, and we're eternally grateful. We pray that you would continue to, to knock on the door of their hearts and draw them close to you and just reveal yourself and all your glory to them that they might have fellowship with us forever and ever in your kingdom. We pray that you would provide just a, uh, a safe and a restful and a wonderful trip back home. And that uh, as they reintegrate into Korean society, Lord, that you would provide a fellowship for them with Christian friends and uh, just, um, just warm their hearts with your presence, Lord, that they might know and love you and enjoy you forever. So we ask you to bless them and nourish and strengthen them to your glory. Amen. Amen. Yes. Mary, you got anything you want to share? I do have several things. Um, 
I'm so excited about um, one of these things. A friend of mine is um, a children min children's minister in another church. And I was talking about Sunday school and what they're doing and how they're doing it and that kind of thing. And they have developed something that they have made available to us um, in Gateway and also King Shules. And it is these packets and this box. This box has activity materials and this is a lesson a week that can be done with families. Um, it's, it's just very neat and it ties in, let's see, there's, you know, in August there are five weeks. So every one of these weeks you can do these materials and, um, and then all of the activity pieces are in the box. There's also a mission component with it and it's just very well done and they have given us the month of August and then we will have the opportunity, if we like that, to continue on with it as long as we continue on Zoom. So I got those last night, I met with them and got them. So what I will be doing is delivering those boxes around to all of our Gateway families and Sunglock, um, these are some materials that you can, can take as well if you would like. Um, they're not heavy or a lot of, of, of um, you know, weight in a suitcase. You could put them in a briefcase, but I think they will be very helpful uh, for each one of us and families like Roger and Wendy. With Henry, you will, they're, they're written for um, a bit younger than Henry, but I think he will have fun with these and you can add things with them. So they are directed by the families. So that is very exciting. And again, I'll be bringing those around probably tomorrow um, and into Tuesday. So I'll, I'll come house to house with those. Um, the second thing is that we, of course, have Zoom prayer meeting on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And that has been very um, wonderful time. And so we want to invite all of you to join us for that. And we would appreciate your prayers for this coming weekend. On Friday night, we are having Crosswave um, outside at a, a, a church in Garner. And then on Saturday, we have divided the team and we're having half of the team Saturday morning, half of the team Saturday afternoon. This is the first time that we've attempted this. It is our um, camp. It looks very different than anything that we have done with camp before. And in fact, it looks different than anything we have ever done anytime before. Um, so we really do appreciate your prayers for that, for wisdom and discernment and safety and protection, and that, um, that, the, that God's will will come forth in a mighty and a powerful way as we start this Crosswave year. So I think those are the announcements um, for this week. Bill, I think you're on mute. You see my mouth moving, but nothing coming out. Right. Um, will anyone else have something you, we need to share or, or pray about? I, I mean, we're, we're kind of running a bit longer here, but um, lunch can wait. Huh? So not just a final word for me. Uh, I'm going to miss your face. Uh, seeing you in these events, you're, I always look forward to your face. Um, and uh, it's been a joy to have your family with us. 
um, although there's going to be some distance between us now, please know that there's a nearness in our hearts for you and your family. And the Lord is near you as you go back to Korea. Uh, we will be praying for you. Uh, I would appreciate prayer on Tuesday morning. Um, I'm supposed to have uh, cataract surgery and uh, it's supposed to be very early. Like I have to be there at 530 in the morning. And that seems to be about the time that the hurricane is going to be arriving. Um, so um, I'm waiting. Um, I've done all of the um, preparations that they wanted me to do, but now I'm waiting to see the track of the hurricane and if they cancel it or not. But um, so I'm living on the edge. <laughs> but I'd appreciate prayer. <laughs> Thank you, Camille. Yes, we will. You're, all, you're having one at a time, right? One at a time, yeah. I'm yeah, having my okay. right, right eye done on Tuesday. Okay, all right. Well, it's good to see all of you. Mike, thanks for inviting um, Natalia, your friend from, from Galena's friend from Russia. It's good to have her with us. Eva, it's good to see you here this morning in Texas. Arthur Nemia. Arthur, let us know you when you, when you, you want to speak to the, to the church. We'll schedule in for a message. And Jan, we need, to, we need to see when it's best for your family to share your testimonies with us, like you did in the mountains. Yes. So um, think about that and, and, and let Mary or I know a, a, the best date for you. That'd be great. And I think Mary's invited another man, um, Curtis Joyner, who was the dad of Yamir Green, who passed away two weeks ago, if he would like to share with the fellowship. He's a, he's a black man. He's a faithful believer. And uh, it might be really good to have your, uh, Curtis Joyner share with us, too. Great. Um, His initial title was From Tragedy to Triumph. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, contemplate that for a minute. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, contemplate that for a minute. Roger, thank you for your message. You're welcome. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord is consistently faithful and always revealing. I don't know where Pat went, but Pat, your prayer of taking what we have, the loaves and fishes we have, and, and submitting it to God for him to bless. Mm -hmm. um, that's all we can really do right now. That's right. I, I'm right here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, your iPad. We call you iPad Pat. Yeah, I'm iPad. <laughs> She's at iPad. 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 That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, iPad. Now, I was thinking about David and his smooth stones, just a bunch of things I need to trace in scripture and see what it's saying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Randy, why don't you dismiss us in prayer? Can you? Sure. We'll, we'll pray. We'll pray for those starting uh, school next Sunday. Mm. So I know school is cranking up and we'll, we'll pray for school starting next Sunday, even though Henry's gotten a jump on it, I think. But Randy, go ahead. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you today for the fullness that's in our hearts. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord, that you created us for fellowship mm -hmm. with one another and with you. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the community that you've blessed us with. 
that's not only present here this morning, but is in different places around the world. We thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness and your graciousness, your mercy. We thank you for um, bringing people into our lives, Lord, that just remind us of, of your plan and your purposes uh, and your goodness and your grace. We pray for the Park family as they return to Korea and just pray that uh, they would go in your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you are near them. And uh, we just thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives and will continue to do. Order their steps, Father. Mm -hmm. um, I thank you for Camille and pray that uh, you would uh, calm an anxious heart if she has one uh, about the surgery and um, just pray that you'd work out those details. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Lord. There's nothing that escapes your eye. Mm -hmm. uh, we can cast our cares on you because you care for us. And it's a tender, precious care that you have for us. An undeserved and unmerited uh, favor that we walk in. I thank you at this moment, Lord, for your loving kindness mm -hmm. and your mercy and grace. Thank you. I pray for plans that we make, Lord, for Sunday school or for Crosswave and we just ask you to order our steps and um, that you would give leadership, Lord, understanding and um, wisdom to walk in your way. Um, as school starts back, Lord, we pray for grace and understanding there as well. And um, Lord, these are strange times that we're living in, but we thank you that we're not alone. That's right. That's right. You're with us. Your grace is sufficient. And again, you've created us for community, and we thank you that we can come together and agree in the name of Jesus on these things. Mm -hmm. We can touch them in the name of Jesus. And know, Lord, that you hear our prayers, and you are our provider. We love you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. We love you, Father. We love you and embrace you, Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, folks. <laughs> Sunlock, many years ago when I was in Thailand and I was leaving people that I had met that I had grown quickly to love. I, I don't like goodbyes. They're, they're very difficult for me personally. But they were waving and they said, sorry, a phone call came in. They, they were waving goodbye and they said, I will see you in my prayers. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. I've never forgotten that. So as as we wave, we say, we will see you in our prayers. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
I will miss you and thank you all and bye. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye everybody. I hope to see you again. Bye. 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 Bless you. Yeah. Your family. Goodbye bye. to the north, the south, the east and the west. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> There's Slava. I saw Slava for a second. Yeah. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye, bye Grace. Bye, bye Grace. Bye. 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 Bye, iPad. Bye. 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 Bye, See you, Roger. See you luck. Bye, ladies. Bye. 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 All right. Bye, bye, Sunlock. Take care. We'll bye. be praying for you. We will you. miss. Yeah. We'll miss bye. your family. You. you and your family. Yeah. Thank Maybe. you. Thank you. Bye. So glad.